I'm grateful that uh, each and every one is able to join us today uh, at a cloudy day in Arizona. But still, this is a great day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad. And I have a lot of things to be happy about, you all. And each and every one of us should be able to have something that God has done for us. And God's not doing anything with you, as we've discussed. As what an old an old uh, mother used to say: "There's a dead cat, dead cat on the line." If you can't, if you're not hearing from God, you're just hearing from folks. There's a dead cat on the line, and I would knock that cat off so I'll be able to hear what God is saying. And so I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. We're going to get right into the lesson. Father God, I just want to thank you for allowing us to gather again this one more day, uh, November 4th. Father God, thank you for the greatness of your handiwork, Father God. Thank you for allowing us to come together and learn more of you. Father God, thank you for each and every household that's represented and those that's not represented that when they listen to the replay, they would know that they're your favorites, that each and every person is your favorites, that you love in each and every one of us. Thank you for the healing that you have provided. Thank you, Father, for giving the comfort as we go through a grief period in our families this day, Father. There is a special three young ladies that I and their family. Father God, I want you to encompass all of us, send your Holy Spirit all around them, Father God, to give them comfort this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, a dear friend of mine, very, very, very close friend of mine, uh, I think I met, they came to the state about in 88, and she passed away on the other day. But anyway, I'll talk more about that later. I, I The video I sent you all again was about that volcano. And, you know, every time I see something, I get a word out of it anyway. So the Lord just, that was because I sent it last night because I saw this thing about the uh, volcano. And I was meditating as to what the Lord was saying. I, I was meditating on his word. And while med meditating on his word, he showed me by the volcano, all that stuff that builds up down there. All that stuff that we can see that's building up, building up, building up. And it's affecting other things, other cities all the way around. But sooner or later, it's going to come to a head and, and bust. Now, you know, sometimes I, I looked at a volcano almost like a ball. Sometimes we can see this. If you've got a weak stomach, put your fingers in your ears for a minute. Uh, it's like a ball, a big ball on your skin and after a while when that ball get enough of that pulse and all that other stuff that accumulates in there and a little white tip come on the top of it then you you can see it and you know what's going to happen after a while that white tip gets so big you can take it and press it and all that stuff pops out that's the sign of the times we're, we're going to talk about the sign of the times and we jump to Matthew's 16 verses 1 through 1 through 3 one, two, and three, and this is ESV version. Thank you for joining us, you all. Now, this is the story about the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, demanded a sign. Of course, they demanded a sign from Jesus. Chap verse one says, now, this is chapter six, Matthew 16, verse one, two, and three. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered, When is it evening, you say? It would be fair weather. When it is the evening, you say, It would be fair weather. 
for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of times. I want to read that verse again. It's very important. Now, it said, these are the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We get some of those today also. We got some, we might call them somebody else, some other name. Uh, what Nehemiah called him Sanballat and, and Tobias. They came against him also. But Jesus was almighty and all-knowing. So when they came to him, he was, Jesus was trying to present something new. Taken out of the Old Testament into the New. He was trying to share with them the new way to get to God. So they said, verse 3 said, And in the morning it would be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret interpret the appearance of the sky but can can you but you cannot interpret the signs of the time and that was the question that i asked on on the text i sent out are you able to interpret the signs of the time now what are the signs of the times and we're going to show this in matthew now the signs of the time in our day are events that were prophesied to take place in the latter days before the second coming of the of Jesus Christ. Now, signs are recognizable events or occurrence, occurrences which identify present and which portends future events. It, it predicts future events like they are. We we see omens, uh, prodigies, and wonders, and marvel of abnormal occurrences. Now, just for a little recognition, uh, uh, an omen, O-M-E-N, is an occurrence of phenomenon uh, believed to uh, protein a future event. Like a dark cloud, when we see a dark cloud, it can almost be a bad omen because we know dark cloud, it's been cloudy here in, in Arizona for the last two days, cloudy and misty for the last two days. So we know we're going to get a little rain, but we don't see any storm. We can we can tell when there's a storm cloud. We know the difference in all of this. We know when there's a heavy, heavy wind blowing. We, we can identify all of that, what's going on. Now, now, you might ask, now what does it mean to read the signs of the time? Now, the signs of the time phrase strongly is associated with the Catholic Church in the era of the Second uh, Vatican Council back in the 1960s. It was taken to mean that the church should listen to and learn from the world around it. In other words, it should learn to read the signs of the time. This is what the church began to teach for us to focus. Know what's going on around. A lot of people can't focus, you all, because they got so much stuff in the way. They can't focus. They can't get in their brain. They got to get medicine to calm them down to be able to understand what what is happening in the world. But if we have the Spirit of God living in us, we, we can know the signs of the time because He would give us that wisdom as to what's going on all over around us. But we have control. That's one thing about it. God gives us control on, over our own being or over our own soul. It's what you allow to happen to you. Now, uh, what, what, what are the signs of God for us today? And, and we might know that now there's like four common signs that I, I looked up. Four common signs from God today. One is he uses uh, nature. Time and time again, we see God using nature in a way to communicate with his, his own people. Like the floods, when we see the floods, we, and 
and how the flood comes about and with the tornadoes and all of that. We just if we just shuffle and shook it off and we don't take any time to look at it. What's happening? Things are building up in the atmosphere. We need to focus, see what's happening. Now another sign of God is that He'll send a messenger, a prophet. We have to know these people. We have the word of God tells us to know those that labor upon know know whether or not they're true or false prophet. That's one way he sent. And another thing he does this day is dreams. Uh, sometimes we might have eaten the wrong food and some of these crazy dreams we have. God don't give us crazy dreams, you all. That's some of the stuff we do before we go to sleep. Now, most importantly, uh, when you, we have to be very careful with these dreams because all of these dreams are not from God. So when you have a dream, you don't understand it, you ask and he'll tell you what it means. I'll write it down, and it'll come to focus exactly what it means. Now, the very first thing, best thing that God, the sign that God has provided for us, God provides signs using his word. That's what, that's what I mean. He uses his word, and what we need to do, know his word. The, the one that I really, really like, we're going to talk about a few, few of the different ones. Um, you go to John 2. John 2, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read it fast so we can get through it. But we all know this story here. And this was the changing water into wine. I, that, this is a magnificent story. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now it says, now on the verse uh, 1 says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. I, I love how, how Jesus talked. Woman, why didn't you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not come. See, she knew what was going to happen. She already knew. God had already told her. But he said, my hour has not come. But yet, what Jesus do? Verse 5, his mother said to the servants, uh, this is what the mother said, said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Verse 6, nearby stood six stone water jars, those big old jars, the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial of washing and uh, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons of, of water to the brine. You think about it, that's a big jar, clay jar. Uh, verse 8, then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the water, fill the jars with water. So they filled them, filled, so they filled, they did so. Let's read this again. Vera is kind of slow in talking today again. Uh, verse 7 says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the water jars with water. So they did. Verse, uh, and the master of the banquet asked the water, asked, uh, Tasted the water. Now, he, listen at what it said. He tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the bridegroom aside and uh, said, Everyone brings out the choice wine for the first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have been have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Other other words, you know, you give the cheap stuff out. Then after everybody gets drunk, you know, then then you give out your best stuff because then if it be so drunk, they ain't going to drink up all your best stuff. They're going to end up passing out some of the letter. That's the natural vera. Oh, okay, now. 
but down to what 11 let's see now what jesus did here in canaan of galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed the glory his disciples believed in him this is his very first sign that he did he had to do something so they can coach you know he had already gone through the valley and and picked out the fishers and, and got his group called the Fisher of Men's, got them out so they can go out and start to discipling people. Now, we learned that a couple of weeks ago, that that's what we're supposed to be, Fisher of Men's. And I'm going to ask you later on, have you caught any fish lately? Okay. Anyway, he, but he did this to reveal his glory to his disciples so the disciples will start believing in him. Now, there were other examples of, of signs and I just want that Jesus did, and I want you might want to jot this down and go back and listen to the podcast because I'm not going to go go through every scripture. One was uh, healing the royal official son in Capernaum. Capernaum. Uh, that was John four forty six through fifty four. Another one of Jesus' magnificent works was his signs that he started to do. He healed the uh, paralytic man at the pool at Bethesda, and that's in John 6. You might want to read that. Another one of his miracles, are, are his signs, was that he fed 5,000, and that was in John 6, verses 5 through 14. You remember the one about him walking on the water and Peter tried up tried to get up there and walk a little bit too, but they took his eyes off of Jesus. That's another sign. That's uh John six, sixteen through twenty-four. Another one that uh Jesus did was healing the man uh blind from birth in John nine, one through seven. And each of these, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with them, jot them down and go back and read, uh, read them a, a bit. Um, healing the man from blind that was blind from birth in John 1 through 7. <coughs> Excuse me. But the one that, we, uh, that I always refer to that I really, really love, and I'm going to read all of this, and we, we're going to, you know, put it in our child and be able to chew on it. And I talk about this one quite often. And this is the parable of the fig tree. This is the different things that happened, the different signs that Jesus showed us during his uh, actual walking on this earth. Now, he, he today, he is visible everywhere through, through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Once we accept that who Jesus is, he has asked the Father to send us another confidence. Somebody that will be with us, talk with us, direct us, give us wisdom. And that is, is the Holy Spirit, which is the third uh, part of the Trinity. All of our stuff will go away if we could truly just believe that part of living in the kingdom of God. Without, If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, we need all of God, not just one part. First of all, in order to get to the Father, you got to go through the Son. There's no other way to get to the Father. No other way in all these false prophets or all these other religions says another way. You don't have to believe me. Read what the Bible says. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And when, when the Son got up there to the Father, he said, well, these people are still going to need some help. They can't do it by themselves. They need some help. And so he sent, asked the Father to send the Comforter, and that's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one. Uh, that's with us daily. And we, we, we got it good, y'all. We got the Holy Spirit living in us. We got access to the Father because of the Son. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Luke 
uh, 21 verses uh, 25 through 36. Now there would be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. He said there will be signs in the moon, in the sun, the moon, and the stars on the earth. Uh, nations will be anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming to the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. He's telling us what the signs of the times are, you all. Look around. Verse 27 says, At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power and a great glory. When these things to take place, for those that's just joining us, we're on Luke 21, uh, verses 25 through 36, and I am now on verse 27. At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power and great glory. 28 said, when these things began to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. He told a parable. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know the summer is near. Now, even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Well, we got to open our eyes and see you all. 32 says, truly I tell you, the generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, darkness, anxieties of life, and they will close you on sudden and like a trap or the close in like a trap when you look at everything that's going on in the world anyway verse 35 says for for it will come on those who, we, who live in the face of the whole earth be always on the watch and pray and you may be able to escape all that is about to happen that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. That's what we have to do. Be, be, we, we have to always be on the watch. This is what Jesus said. He said, be on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. That key word right there is watch and pray. We're, we're, a, we're supposed to be able to always pray without ceasing. There's a way to pray without ceasing. If you, you uh, and it's awesome that we're able to come together and, and get the education so that we, when we go out and we get somebody that's praying. One, one thing that I, I like to say to you all, and I only say this from experience, only from experience. When you got somebody that you said, well, I'm going to go and have them pray. If they don't have nothing but d destruction and, and, uh, let, let, let me see how I, I want to say it nicely. If they don't have nothing but drama in their life, they're not a prayer warrior. They can't get a prayer off the ceiling. Don't waste your time. The best, if you don't know someone or you can see it, sometimes, you know, I hear a lot of the prophecies, well, don't judge other people. Don't judge other people. And I say, don't be stupid. If you're in a, in a battle and you claim you got somebody with you that's praying, 
and they're doing the other, what Jesus said, they're doing things that other fathers of the devil tells them to do. They're not praying to the Bible, to the Holy God. And we have to be wise enough to see that. Wise enough to, to open our eyes and see all, see all of that that's happening. I, I want to touch this because this week has been a very sensitive week for, for me. And it's more week that uh, I had to uh, like really sit down and meditate on the Lord and what he is saying to me. And I wanted to address, there's so many different little sayings that we have. And one of the sayings that, that we have that I thought maybe, what, what do you call it, the elephant in the room? I want to address the elephant in the room. You see that big elephant sitting over there, you want to know, why is he sitting there? Well, I'm going to tell you why. This saying has, has been around for uh, many, many years. There's a saying that says, death comes in threes. And I thought the Lord said, address that to death. Now, in the Bible, when death is mentioned in the Bible, it, it, it means physical death, spiritual death, or both. It could be both spiritual or physical death, you know. Now, I know all of us have already heard it. I've said it, and, and I, I was telling my one of my sisters, I called her the other day, because I was really distressed after my friend passed away. Because I know I was praying and I, I don't want to even get back to the fact when my nephew passed away and I know we were praying, but we had to learn a lesson out of that. God taught us a lesson. And if you didn't get the lesson, call me sometime. I'll tell you, i explain it to you. However, uh, the Bible verse, death comes in the threes. Uh, death comes in threes is a phrase used to describe times when uh People die as a result of an event, like a hurricane storm and like two or three. That's how it was used in the Bible. But the number three is often used as a number to make sense of a given situation. The origin of death comes in threes is from an old uh, confirmatory bias. This is a person uh, will make a situation conform to their personal beliefs or, or their attitudes, even that that makes sense and, and sense to give them to allow a certainly safety. It gives them an opportunity to make something that makes sense. We always need something that makes sense to us, but the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the only one that can make sense. Now, this uh, saying comes from an old Appalachian belief. Or super, it's a superstition. It's a notion of people dying off in threes can be traced all the way back to the Atlantic, all the way back to the European ancestors who think an unshakable belief in Trinity. There are some people that look at the Trinity and they apply it. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they apply it in such idiotic ways. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. And once you get yourself in reading the word and allow God to explain it to you, you'll understand it. But uh, they see it as as, all, as three individuals. Say when situations happen in this world that three times, three people has to leave here at the same time. But that's, that is... Uh, that's really... It's a superstition, you know. It's not, not what God, God says. Uh, if you want to go deeper in it, you actually can go to Revelation 9 and 18. Uh, one thing I want to reemphasize, I'm actually about through the lesson because that was the whole key of the lesson is, is to uh, tell us to open our eyes and see. This is what Jesus said to us, and I'll say it again. Be always on the watch. 
Miss Pat word is focus. Focus, focus, focus. I don't know if you all know what focus, 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 but it means get a grip on your big head self. Look at what's going on around you. Know who's coming. Know who's going. Know what you're doing. A lot of us don't take time to know what we're doing. We just escape. We live in la-la land with it. But that's not get, we're not able to go do any fishing. We, we can't even get enough fish for ourselves. We got to go down and ask somebody to give us a box of fish. Because we can't go out and do it ourselves because we're not focused. He, Jesus said, be on the watch. Pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man, stand before Him, stand before Jesus. We want to be able to stand before Jesus so we can have a prosperous life. Uh, again, I say, sickness and stuff, all that stuff that we holding on to it, we're not good doing God in the great suffering, doing all of that, because it nowhere in the Word that He say, I need for you to suffer and be sick. No, he said, you listen, he put some doctors here to give us some common sense. And then some of he gave us common sense ourselves. Know yourself. Know who you are. Know what God can do for yourself. Don't worry about the other man. In the Bible, they call that busybody. You you don't have nothing to get, what I say, get a man from heaven or hell. My mother taught me that. My mother taught me that. You can't help no man go to heaven or hell, but you can help them with heaven or hell a little bit because you're in the way. You can stop them from being able to receive and do what God wants to do, wants them to do. And and, and my prayer is, you all, we, we can all look around. We see the situations that's happening. Every time I turn on that TV, there's somebody else that's being killed. Somebody else is uh, walking up shooting this and that. <coughs> Excuse me. Every every day, but my only thing to say you say to you are uh, if you're in a bad area, there's there's always a bunch of drama going on around. You pray and ask God to give you the wisdom and direction how to get out of that area. Bottom line, because your mama's mama and their mama was born there and lived there, you don't mean you have to stay there. Because you see what's happening in this world now. Uh, all this stuff is going, you know, Jesus talked about it's always going to be wars and rumors of wars. And things are getting worse every day. We have to know what's happening around us. We don't just sit in the house with your windows all closed and, and doors closed and think you're going to be protected. And sometimes you're going to have to go out of that house. Especially if you're a fisher. If you're, we're supposed to be fisher of men. And in order to catch a bass fish, and a catfish, you got to use different kind of bait. Can't catch all those fishes at the same thing. I, I, I heard some things. I don't like to repeat all those things that I hear. But I see what some of the so-called evangelists or prophecies are doing. Prophets are doing to catch people. I, I want to insist that you all pray pray God's word. Know what his word said. As a fisherman, you got to have a certain kind of bait to catch fish, fishes. I... God did not tell me to go down in, in water where all the catfish are and go down into the in the water where the catfish is and try to tell him about him. You got to get the fish out of the water first. You don't have to clean them up, but you got to get them out and give them some of the necessary. If you want to keep the fish alive, you got to give them the necessary food that he needs to uh, be able to stay alive. Give him some clean water. But catfish can't live in clean water. They said live in dirty water. But anyway, I'm going to go different. I want you all to understand what I'm saying. We have to always be on the watch. 
we always have to pray in order to get out of all the, in order to be able to escape out of all this stuff. And that you may be, and we want to be able to stand before God one day. We don't want to hear him say, depart. Oh, Lord, I stayed in there because I couldn't get my son out. And he didn't know how to get out. Your son is grown. He got there. It says that everybody has to stand before, has to bow before Jesus one day. It's not our choice to make sure that person bows. It's that individual person. And if that person is, a, their mind is so they can't do it, that's what's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And you know, you all, this this lesson is a short and pretty. And I, I, I want to end it by saying this one word. Learn how to watch 